I forgot what I say. Um, what up, my fellow Survivor lovers? Welcome to the Survivor Historian, part of the Challenge Historian podcast feed. I am your host and born-again Survivor superfan, Jacob Hollaball, and with me as he is every week is our resident Survivor Historian. Almost said challenge there. I'm, <laughs> one of these weeks, I'll actually nail whatever this intro is that I'm coming up with. It's the great and powerful Tony Lance. Tony, how are you doing this week? I'm not doing too bad at all. How about you? I'm great. We are here on a Sunday because uh, it took me until Sunday to watch Survivor this week, which was not an ideal scenario, but it is the scenario I created for (laughs) myself. So we're here on the weekend, which I, because I also didn't watch until today, I have not used the extra time to like listen to any of the podcasts or anything. So have you gotten some extra knowledge in via any of the survivor pods or anything that uh no i actually i realized as i was watching the episode to take notes because i wasn't sure 100 percent when we were doing it and also sarah fell asleep 15 minutes into it when we watched it on wednesday because she had done parent teacher um i was sort of waiting to watch it with her and then still ended up watching it by myself So because of that, for whatever reason, I was like, well, if I'm not watching it, then I obviously can't listen to podcasts in the downtime. Um, So, yeah, Jeff didn't say anything interesting on his podcast or anyone else said anything interesting on theirs. All the interesting commentary is going to be here on this podcast by the two of us. Exactly. I I get mad every time I listen to the on fire and Jeff continually says the only official survivor podcast i'm just like okay yeah the only one kind of with people from like survivor but also like other survivor cast members host podcasts don't they get to be aren't they official enough for you tyson played five needs to differentiate is it not official enough for you we really like the show jeff are we not official like come on is this not real is this not happening right now am i imagining this so that always uh i'm always just in a joking way but well yeah it's also like we get it. You don't, you want to make sure that everybody knows that our HAP is not an official challenge pod or survivor podcast. And that you're the only one that's done by CBS. We get it. It's the same way that you didn't want to, you came out against casting for with Adam Klein. Like, Oh yeah. I saw that. He's <sighs> yeah. Uh, Jeff's been, well, I'll bring this up later, but Jeff's been, uh, he's definitely online for sure. I always, mm. I kind of always thought he was maybe one that avoided a little bit of the online chatter around his show, but, uh, he's definitely online. And that was one recent example of clearly he's, he's well aware of what's, what's happening out here. But before we get to actually what's happening in episode five of survivor quick couple programming reminders for you. We are of course over on the challenge side of the ledger are deep, deep two episodes, even though they only call it one, but two episodes into the brand new season, season 39 battle for a new champion B Fank, as I'm affectionately calling it. So that recap went up this week and the season preview went up as well. And so make sure to check that out. If you're watching the challenge USA Two full season recap and awards also went up earlier at the beginning of this past week. So if you haven't checked that out, do so there. What do we got going on challenge fandom uh, last week, this upcoming week, Tony? Uh, we did a breakdown of USA two with uh, like the finale with Danny um, from oh, USA one. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was great because at one point uh, we had like a slight technical difficulty where we had about like 
five minutes where we weren't recording and it was me and Josh and Danny and I immediately was like thoughts on 45 and we had like a very quick survivor chat and then we went back to what we were supposed to be talking about um and then other than that we're pretty much like you we're just banging through um season 39 we are way into it now um we've had both a cast breakdown and we mentioned that there was an episode zero and our episode one as of us recording right now came out i think about like half an hour 45 minutes ago um and then the youtube one will be coming up as karina said as soon as it decides to um yeah uh good old youtube it uh, they they require the best internet in the world to upload to youtube even the most simple videos i know they're long videos but they're yeah. very simple um not the biggest <laughs> file size in the world anyway so that's what we've got going on thanks as always for being here agenda for this particular podcast covering episode five of survivor 45 we'll stick to the same walk through the episode hit all the big storylines that we've been doing hand out the awards do some power rankings and some predictions and at the very end the predictions will be mixed with some thoughts on what we see the big change in the game that is coming next week with uh the merge or potential merge which we will discuss but for now let's get into it survivor 45 episode 5 here we go we will start, we'll do same kind of format of walking through the episode we've done the last week or two. We'll go one tribe at a time and we'll save Bello in this case for the end and cover all of Bello at once since they are the ones that obviously end up at the tribal council. So let's talk first, Reba, night nine, day 10, everything pre-challenge from Reba. They It kicks off, the episode kicks off with, this is going to be a common refrain throughout this uh, about this episode, but the camera work and the editing is just so good on survivor yeah. and this opening scene, which isn't usually always, I don't know. It feels like it should be interesting almost every time. Cause you know, they're coming back from a vote and someone's not there and someone's feelings are hurt or whatever. And it's usually like, not always that there's not like always a, anything going on or as, as often as you would maybe think given the circumstances, something would be interesting. This one was really good, really interesting. Sifu obviously wanting to know who voted for him. And I just thought the way they shot it, how perfectly they had everyone sitting with Sifu kind of at the end, like looking at everyone, everyone just stone faced D stone faced. They don't put any music, don't put anything, just keep it like silent I thought it was incredibly well made from the production side, but it was also a very compelling scene. And I thought Sifu handled it well and kind of differently than I expected from him of like how kind of calm while also being sinister and like y'all fucked with me. Like I'm going to, I'm going to play the game now kind of attitude he had. What did you, how were you feeling about the opening scene and the iciness and the lying that was going on between the three women and Sifu? The line was hilarious because in all like and everybody was staring straight ahead. Whereas, like you said, Sifu was on that angle where you could see everyone. No one was making eye contact with him or with anyone else. And everybody was just like, nah, I voted Sean. And that was it. And then Sifu like tries to dig a bit deeper. He's like, I voted for Sean with a smiley face, as if to identify which vote was his. And they were just like, I also voted for Sean. And then provide no context and him being like he it was weird because there were moments where he almost looked like he believed that the three of them voted for sean and not him 
But then I'm like, that doesn't actually make sense, dude. There's still an extra vote that either went to you or to D, which means one of these people here, 100% wrote your name down, potentially. Yeah, but- the only part I I thought he executed really well, except for the one poke, because he was being very gentle about how he poked, which was really yeah. smart, I thought. But the one spot he doesn't poke that I think he should have is he tells them, you know, uh, Sean told me he didn't vote for me. And they're all, you know, like, nope, we vote for Sean. And they kind of come to the conclusion that he, you know, Sean lied to him, but he doesn't then poke to say, okay, well, if Sean did vote for me and lied to me, who voted for which D? one of you voted for D like that's yeah. juicy or like maybe not in that moment, but like in the individual moments later that he has, which maybe, maybe he did, maybe we just didn't see it, but I think they would have shown us that, but that was the one little poke that i would have thought he would do is like well if we're gonna convince seafood that sean did vote for me and that was the lie that i'm being told was the guy that left yeah i would love to know which one of you is trying was out of even though he wanted to quit which one of you was going against your own alliance was it like a safety thing like what you know someone and so i kind of i would have liked to see him ask that one-on-one but d is just boldface lying the other two i thought kind of were waiting for d to fess up because they like it, they're the first two to say, I think Julie goes first, maybe, I know Jay Maya does, but is like, yeah, like I, I voted for Sean. And then Julie's like slowly kind of like, okay, I guess we're going to like reveal our votes. And she says she voted for Sean. And it felt like they were waiting for D to be like, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> and D's just the most cold of all of them. of like, <laughs> I voted for Sean. No, yeah, I swear I voted for Sean. And just, it's like, I don't want to talk about it. I voted for Sean. I don't want to talk about it. I voted for Sean. And uh, yeah. So they're not starting the episode on the right foot. And then the next time we see them, Sifu obviously feeling on the outs. Yeah. Knows at this point, they all think I have an idol, which I don't. It would be cool if I did, but I don't. It would be so cool if I did that I'm going to make a fake one. And he makes, he has been making over the course. We see a little montage of him over the course of a day or two. He makes a fake idol that is full necklace size, has a lot going on with it. How would you grade Sifu's fake idol skills? Uh, it's more convincing than a stick. It is less <laughs> convincing than most other idols. And what threw me off the most was actually like the bit of st- like fabric that was on there that like he, the t- he cause it was red uh, uh, from the sign or whatever. Yeah. Because when I, I didn't, it's an, the funny thing is, is like, I was like, when did they ha- have, they ever put fabric on an immunity necklace and then you flash forward way into the episode and every one of the amulets has like fabric on it that's of the tribe color and i was like fair play sir but as far as immunity idols go immunity necklaces go i don't remember ever seeing fabric and then that looked fabricated at that point without it beads and shells and shit like totally it was so big though. That yeah. was the thing to me, which I'm, you know, you tell me if I'm wrong, but they're never that big. So the very I mean, first... it was it was a necklace size, but like a necklace that goes halfway down your chest size, like not a choker, like like no. a full blown like necklace, big dangly necklace. And I'm just like, dude, they're not like that's way too big. Like, good on you for all that effort and finding all the materials, but that's way too big. I'm not Yes, it's above a stick, as you say. That that yep. and it doesn't fall apart. I forget who no. that was last season, but that yeah, uh, I remember. That. Uh, I forget his name, but that you know, hands jam jam the the fake idol uh, and it Josh. literally 
falls. Yeah, Josh yeah. literally fell apart in Jam Jam's hands. And he's like, I just I held it. I didn't I didn't do anything. <laughs> uh, so it doesn't fall apart that we've seen yet. So, but after that, yeah, that's about as good as it gets. I would. Yeah, he gets a passing grade. He doesn't fail the test, but it's like a D for sure. Like you yeah. need to. You might not make the next grade. Still, you might need to still redo the redo. No, the and that's not a, like that's an F in home ec, but it's a D in like other courses. Yeah, yeah. The teacher's like, oh, I don't really want to see you again next year, so like you can go on, but I'm gonna send a note to your next the next <laughs> year. Like we need to we need to get this going well. So they're all at odds, and then it seems obvious, you know, three women are still just gonna be against Sifu, and if they weren't so convinced that he has an idol which it's getting a little, I know in the modern era and they've all watched these shows and there's so many advantages and everything. I get why they're all convinced that everyone has everything at every time. But yeah. this episode was the moment of the season where pretty much everyone is convinced everyone else has something that they don't. And the, this tribe is the worst of it of like, they're just so they're like, Sifu has to have an idol. He went looking for an idol a couple of times. He obviously has one. Yeah. It's like, okay, sure. But you could just, you three have the easy vote, but they decide a two-part plan unfolds. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. Tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, Jay Maya offers to, to say it was her that voted for Sifu if it comes to this. We actually don't. We'll, I don't know if we'll see any of this play out next week or in the merge, whatever. It doesn't end up coming to it, but they discuss if we end up a tribal. Jay Maya says, I voted for you. I thought I was on the bottom. I still think I'm on the bottom. And in doing so, that would convince Sifu he's safe. Yeah, which that was all of that plan. I don't understand how that convinces Sifu he's safe and to not play an idol that he doesn't have. But to them, they were like, that'll work. That'll, that'll do the trick. And then Julie and D are like, you know what? Maybe we just vote out Jay Maya instead. So while it ultimately doesn't matter where, or at least in this episode, again, it will, the relationships matter moving forward. Yeah where how do you feel about julie and d both coming to the like maybe we should keep sifu around and how do you feel about their idea that if jamiah just says it was her vote that somehow sifu feels safe how do you feel about any of this strategizing that isn't making a lot of sense on my end <laughs> i appreciate the i appreciate d's like process of just you know what if we're already going to say that it's Jay, maybe we get rid of Jay because she's going to be potential. She's kind of on the bottom. She doesn't really have an alliance. And initially it was weird because when they were the four and then it was like Jay and Sifu are obviously together, but now it's like, they don't have anyone like, okay, well, that's fine then. Uh, but as far as like, as far as Jay Maya saying that like, she'll fess up to it and say like, it was a Hail Mary. I was on the bottom. I'm still on the bottom. I thought that they were voting. I guess you could say I thought they were voting me, so I voted you. Um, I it, I guess, like, it's going to work as well as any other plan. The one that I'm the most confused about is how the everybody is saying that old Bello is, like, going to run this game when they hit merge but they have the exact same members numbers as old Reba because so far only Lulu has gone home, no matter what tribe goes to tribal council. So the one that I don't understand this episode, I almost gave this section a pass because I was like, no, the thing that really confuses me is the fact that they can't figure out that old Bello is just as six as old Reba. 
Yeah, and also if only they knew that old Bello is a, a hot mess. Which yes. why don't we go ahead and transition to them now? Let's. So Nulu, as you so affectionately dubbed them last week, they're day ten. We have a couple things worth discussing here. We'll get to the hot mess of it all in a minute. <laughs> but the first thing we get is another scary moment that leads yeah. to, you know, a very heartwarming backstory and a couple interesting things worth discussing. But that's that Jake passes out again, which they're referring to it as he passes out briefly enough to, you know, the first time around we they use the word and we use the word like, did he have a seizure or something? And yeah. It's, very similar again, but stands up quickly, passes out for, you know, momentarily. So it kind of, it does, it does again, look like a very momentary seizure of sorts, but that's, I guess, kind of also what it would look like if you pass out and fall down, but like come to, as you fall down that quickly, but it's scary yeah. nonetheless. And they have him like sit down and he gets very upset with himself over the situation because we get to hear this long backstory then of he spent the last couple of years of his life. You know, he'd always dealt with weight issues and binge eating issues and he overcame that in a big way. And we get the, you know, kind of the photo montage of the major progress he's made on that front. And so he feels in this moment, one, as I think Kelly accurately describes while Jake never says it, I think she's spot on that, there's if you, something like this happens, your fear is, am I going to get removed from the game, right. which would be an obvious fear. So I think that's a little bit of what he's kind of upset about. But then the big part is I've done all this work on my body. And like, that was this big obstacle in my life that I've like overcome and got to the place where I felt really confident coming out here. And now my body is letting me down in this like very scary way and everything else. And so he's, you know, kind of upset and Kelly, who is Kelly, What's her profession? Cause she's she, a nurse. Okay. Yeah. She is a nurse. Cause I, I didn't either know that or remember that. Uh, I'm sure I read it when we did the original bios, but I was like, Oh, that's nice that she's a nurse. And that I would, that would be the number one. I hadn't thought about it before, but number one person I want on my tribe, if I'm yeah. a survivor, just for a little extra safety, I know productions there. They got a great medical team. They're looking after us. They're not going to let me die, but it'd be kind of nice to have a nurse around to give me some random opinions or just make me feel better um, that she tries to help him out we get the full backstory and uh, yeah. What are, what are your thoughts on everything we learn about Jake here? And do you also, are we concerned they might pull him out of the game or is this totally, are they totally down like casual about like, yeah, he passed, he passed out cause he's st they're starved yeah. and have no, no, nothing in them. And as someone who also, I get lightheaded very easily, especially when not eating. It is my main worry of uh, trying to get cast on survivor is like, I think I actually would have a real, real, real difficulty. I would pass out maybe right. too often to be able to play. Um, so I like get that. It's like as simple as they have no food, no water. He stands up too fast. He passes out. It's fine. He should be allowed to continue the game. And i certainly want him to continue the game, but do you think there is any, like, it is a, a decision. They have to obviously make a decision. It's not like right. they're sitting back there. Like he got up. He's fine. We don't even have to discuss if this is like a thing or should we send someone out to talk about him? Like they're making decisions to not go intervene in any way yeah i think my biggest takeaway from that is if it was a big deal and i mean obviously it's a big deal but like if it was something that person was concerned about then i think that we would have seen both in the first instance and the second we would have at least seen medical and the fact that we didn't see medical 
this instance is actually the first time that we found out that the rest of the tribe knew because it was only him and Kendra at the beach initially. And I didn't know if it was something that they were sort of like keeping between themselves, but this was the first instance where somebody said like, this is the second time that it's happened. It happened before at camp sort of thing. Um, as far as, as far as like his story, super inspiring. Um, I, I know that as I have moved to a wider frame, um, I also do have a wider frame. So that's something that I'm actively working towards. So to see that progress and to see um, him be able to go, like, go out and do that after putting in the work, super inspiring, like really awesome to see. And I don't think that he has a concern towards medical being called out unless it gets worse or more frequent. Um, Cause as of right now, it's happened like twice over maybe four or five days and <clears throat> excuse me. And with Kelly as a nurse who seems to have kind of like looked him over as best as she can on the beach with nothing and said like, you're good. Just chill, drink your water, have a moment. You're good. Like that to me is, is comforting as well because I think that we would have seen like Dr. Joe and medical come out if there wasn't like something that was going to play a bigger part later. Yeah. Um, I wonder, I don't, I haven't checked any of that. If any of them have said anything on Twitter or anything, but like, I wonder if he did talk to medical and we didn't see it or not. Cause it would, yeah. it would surprise me that the set now that it's happened twice that they wouldn't have at least like had a very brief, but like come out, maybe shown a, light in his eyes or whatever be like okay yes we can we feel pretty good that you stood up too fast and passed out and that's yeah. what this was versus something else is going on or we should be worried about it happening over and over and over i would i don't know um but well that's yeah i i expect that medical came out but the fact that we didn't see it is what i feel that yeah, like it's even it's more not... like this is not this isn't an it's a yeah. non-issue yeah because like when when bruce hit his head on the beach on day one medical came out checked them out everything like that as soon as he dropped yeah and then medical came really back out again this is yeah 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 so yeah. i f i feel especially with that contrast as well i really feel that it's hopeful I, and it's also me hoping that jake doesn't go home for medical yeah. reasons because i like jake yeah for sure and i guess the bruce element also adds a tiny bit extra of he does have a guy in his tribe who has been medically disqualified from survivor before. Yeah. So it's probably, it's already a thought in your head in a He's moment, a constant like that, reminder. but it's definitely like Bruce walks up to be like, dude, you're, you're okay. And he's like, Bruce, get the fuck out of my eyesight. I don't yeah. want to think about what <laughs> happened to you before. Cause now I'm kind of thinking that could happen to me or anything. I hadn't thought of that element. Yeah. I'd be like, Bruce, do I have to go on tribe with you? If it's going to keep happening. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's, he's thankfully fine. And yeah, incredible. Incredible work he's put in. Uh, I'm always interested. I don't know if anyone's talked about it extensively of former cast members or not, whatever, but I'm very interested because obviously everyone that goes on this show, if you're there for any length of time, and certainly if you're there for a long portion of the game, uh, you lose a lot of weight because you're not yep. eating while you're out there. And it just like completely just messes with your dietary system, dietary, yeah, dietary system, just your whole digestive system, your whole body in general. Yeah. And I, I would think that it might, the like reintegration of food into your life is probably a weird process post survivor. If you've totally. been out there for, you know, if, especially if, again, if you're out there for the majority of it, like 10, 20, 30 days, whatever that like, that's a potentially for someone with those issues could be a very difficult 
step uh, to be yeah. then like the reintegration of it into your life. So um, I'd be, I'll be interested to hear more of Jake's story, even after hopefully a long ways after he gets, I don't know if he's going to get eliminated, but I'm also on rooting for him as well. So hopefully he's there for a long time. The one person that they're definitely setting us up to believe is going to be there for a long time is Caleb because Caleb continues to be the most popular person ever on a beach in Fiji. It seems yeah. like everyone loves him. No one is threatened by him so far on this new, new Lulu tribe as they kind of were beginning to be on the old Lulu tribe. And we get the little montage of him having great one-on-one -on -one relationships yeah. with Katura, who he kind of throws a very smart, subtle gameplay thing where like, she's very thankful to Caleb that she got caught looking for an idol, but that yeah. he like tried to say from the moment he saw her, like give a heads up to try to like yeah. give her a shot to make it not look as suspicious. Um, but he's got a relationship with her. They show him and Bruce are tight. Him and Jake are tight, but that none of that matters to him because he has one person in his sights that he is not tight with yet that he needs to be tight with. And that is my girl, Kelly, my winner pick, who I'm feeling so good about after this episode because everyone loves her. Um, and he sets his sight on his final final objective, his final new number one. He now has number ones in everyone on his tribe, but him and Kelly become, uh, they make a little deal. They have a little one-on-one, -on -one, a little chat. And I think they're both, my read of it they, is they were both being honest and seeing- yes. A, an actual number one, an actual true alliance and strong player in each other. What did you think about this new pairing? And uh, do you, do you feel as if they're both being legit that this is their actual, who they would like to be their actual top ally? I think so. Like, I think it's very clear if you're looking at the players um, just in general, like across all three tribes, they're two of the strongest, like well-rounded players from all of the edit that we've seen. Um, I really like the pairing. I also really like that Katura said this is this feels like a show me action when he like gave her the heads up and explained like why he did because that's so huge. Like you can say yes. You're supposed to say yes every time that somebody tries to do any like make a deal with you or make an alliance with you. And then it's when the rubber meets the road that you actually find out who's with you. And for that moment, she was like, yeah, this is a show me action. Like he's actually got my back. And that I think was the exact same thing with Kelly, where he's like, look, I know everybody's looking for an idol. Sabaya had it and she went out with it. Like it's not here mm -hmm. unless they put another one here. Mm -hmm. So that's huge because she knows, she now knows that she can like pull up, take her foot off the gas a little bit. If there's only one like if if when they went back out then it got re-put like re-put back in circulation which sometimes does happen but at least for the moment she knows that there was a an idol it's now gone there's the potential of another one but the actual one that was there is no longer and i would think they should feel pretty safe that one won't be reintroduced because they did the tribe swap it means yeah. that there is the potential for the three idols that were put out to not all be at their original beach, which would make right. it like if it, there was no tribe swap, I would probably be on the like, well, the, the idol from this beach that is the only one that could have been here left. So they will refill it. But because of the tribe swap, I'd feel pretty certain that like, no, it's not. He doesn't tell her the full details. Maybe he does. And we just only get the little bit of it as right. always, but he does not explain like it was a beware idol and 
doesn't give her the full compelling story of how how the idol was unearthed in the fire at tribal council um but uh maybe that's just a story for later to fill them in later on when they're you know bored instead of everyone sitting around talking about food as all the other tribes seem to do um the final thing with them then as we originally alluded to we saved the best part for last bruce did Bruce uh, does some brucing. Um, he, he, you know, we thought he was getting along better with this tribe and it was just Katura who was, you know, having a really tough time. And I said last week, I thought maybe he had broken her uh, with how much he annoyed her. Um, but we learn he is back to the whole tribe feeling a, feeling a certain way about yeah. him kind of ordering everyone around, especially Caleb, which like, I get, but like Bruce, you're like kind of like an athletic dude who seems to want to do all the things too. Like you're, you know, Caleb d- tells him like, you know, Bruce is like, Hey, go fishing. Hey, climb that tree and do this. Hey, well, stop. Why are you not chopping that coconut up? Whatever. And if I'm Caleb, I'm like, I get it that like, you would probably look at me and be like, you want me to do a lot of physical stuff around camp, but like, I'm looking right back at you. Like, let's do it together at the minimum. Yeah. Like what, what, the, what are you telling me to do? So Bruce is bruising and everyone it's getting on everyone's nerves and Katura has hope again that maybe it's not going to just be me and Bruce. I don't know. Is he on the bottom in your eyes of this tribe? He has to be like, because not only like, obviously the one that got me was you want to talk about it or you want to do it, which like you do it. I'm not doing it. Like, like I do want to talk about it, Bruce. If you want to start yeah. doing it while I talk about it, that's fine. Feel free. We could both do this the same, the way we like to, <laughs> and I'll eventually get to joining in. <laughs> yeah. And then like the one thing that wasn't part of that montage that was actually part of the Jake thing was when he got up, Bruce said, are you going to help? Or are you going to lay there like a fat, lazy ass? And I was like, when you watch the confessional and this part of the episode, you may feel bad about a certain word that you just put in yeah. there. I, um, I wondered if uh, this was one moment I didn't have by waiting to watch until Sunday. I, yeah. I didn't know who was going home. Thankfully, I somehow avoided that, even though I was online well done. a couple of days. But I had seen uh, a lot of thoughts pro, you know, shared about uh, how lovely Jake's story was and everything. So I knew right. that was that story, some version of it, the general topic matter of it was coming. Yes. And so when he made that comment, I was like, oh, and then I was like, is this going to be the lead in to like, is Jake about to have a confessional where he's like, he brings this up because maybe this isn't the only time Bruce has said that. Like I was just had all these yeah. horrible ideas run through my head. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, as you know, I don't think Bruce was not trying to be oh, insensitive no. or mean. Not at all. No. Uh, it definitely though is, uh, you know, yeah, I I'm sure him watching that back was like, Ooh, ah, that's no, that's no good. That's no good. But yeah, there was, nope. I don't think there was any ill will involved. I think he was just ordering people around, which is what he does. I guess. I like that every time that Bruce does anything, the one, th- the best part about Bruce doing anything at all is you can guarantee that that means that you're going to get a confessional from Katura because that's how it goes. Bruce does a thing. We got to get our local correspondent in Katura to talk about it. Um, and I mean, my line of the night was in that section with Caleb when he said, if you can't bend your knee to your enemies, it doesn't matter what you do. They'll see you coming from a mile away. Mm, that is really good. Okay. That's a strong nominee for later. And uh, yeah, so that's Nulu. Bruce is maybe on the bottom. Katura has got some allies. Caleb's getting Kelly are just riding high which are my two favorite people in the cast. So I'm riding high right with them. I hope there's no crash 
coming in their future. And uh, we'll uh, take it to the immunity challenge now. First things first with the challenge, thoughts on the game or the course itself? Love it. I think it was super cool. They took elements from different challenges again, which I'm really liking. Um, I like that they're not doing beginning to end exact same thing. It's enough variation. And there was a lot of physicality to it. It was a lot of levels, and I thought that it was really well laid out. I Have they done, uh, like, I thought the the little up and down obstacle course thing was so cool and looked yeah. so fun to do. Have they done something They've like done that like before? Variations of it, but this was the, f like, this is the first one that I've seen exactly like this one. Um, there have been, like, some variations of you have to go up the thing to get to a certain point and around and through. But this one was really cool. And I liked it's seemingly inconsequential, but I liked that you had to go and get the first one and then go past the third one to get the second one and then come back down and go over the part where you're supposed to go down to get the third one before you go back through because it's just varied enough that you could probably trip someone up with it. And like D almost got tripped up with it too. Because mm -hmm. when she got the second one, she came back down. She wasn't 100% sure where to go. Um, which is, I guess, a, a fair indicator that you couldn't see from where you were standing necessarily what anyone was doing. Yeah, the only person that started yelling was like they Caleb yelled a couple of times, but after he had went through it, so he kind of yeah. off memory was like he wasn't saying anything specific. It was like the top next and then the middle or yeah. something. But uh, I thought it was super freaking cool and it looked really, really fun. I was a little nervous while watching one. A lot of Bruce having to duck. Uh, so yep. that was just making me nervous and it's going to make me nervous the whole time. I, you know, it shouldn't, but it just is. But then also the very top when they're on the top of that ladder and they have to like, you know, all of them are doing like the one leg over yeah. to like untie. I was just like, I don't know. They're really high up there. And you've got one dude who's passed out a couple times for standing up too quickly. I'm just a little nervous. Like that's he really didn't do it. Fall. Uh, yeah. He doesn't, isn't up there, which, which was interesting better, but <laughs> regardless i was just like could they could you make those they not have to untie a knot leaning way out over you know 30 feet in the air like it just uh it seemed like a tiny bit extra and i was just i was very nervous but they all do well they like everyone on that portion yeah does well like no one is slow they all kind of pretty impressive the whole way through um Caleb is definitely the most impressive again. Uh, that is becoming, it, it just is, it's not becoming, it is reoccurring as for the fifth straight episode at this point between that. And then he lines up the game winning shot and nails it uh, one for one in true in Devin style uh, with the, I will ever, whenever anyone uses a slingshot now uh, as you know, the challenger in me just will only think of Devin and how <laughs> un uncanny good he is at, directing those and shooting those himself. Um, yeah. but the only people that if anyone didn't do great, because pretty much across the board, they all fly through the obstacle course. They all get the, you know, get the, the, uh, things down with the little pole and they all eventually no one like misses like 10 shots in a row or anything with the right. slingshot. The only ones that maybe go a little slower and ultimately probably cost Bellow are Brando is the only one who loses a little ground in the first section. And then Drew loses some ground in the second section as well. And Bellow yeah. does end up losing and doesn't really have much of a chance. I think they get like two or 
two or three shots off. Like Austin takes two or three shots and misses. And right as they like switch in a new person to shoot, they've lost. Um, So everyone does great. Brando and Drew, maybe if anyone doesn't do that great, are the two that Bello could blame. Any performances stand out to you either way? Um, I was surprised that Austin didn't get it to the point that he got somebody else to go up because he's one of the more like, not that athleticism has much to do with a slingshot, but like he seems to be the type that would be good at this. Um, well, I so wonder, it's interesting. I would, I don't know how hard it is, like how much strength it takes to pull that thing back. But I do think two things happen when you miss a couple of times with one of those. One yeah. is like, I'd maybe rather rotate someone in. So I'm not the only person who misses here. Cause it does fair. look a certain way fair or not. Even if like, you're like in the end, like I only got three shots and like, we'd already lost. It doesn't matter. But like, it looks a way if like, well, you're the only one that took any shots. But yeah. then the other part is like, he, they, you know, had been doing a bunch of other physical stuff running around. And then after two or three shots that you might just be like, I'm really tired because this is day 10 and I'm not going to like, I'm not focused. I'm not going to aim well. So like let someone who's been taking a breath, take a shot uh, that those both maybe play into it, but they didn't really have a chance. Um, And so now we get bellow for the first time, or at least four of them there for the first time, it are going to have to go to tribal council. The most interesting team to lose certainly. Right. Because I think we both maybe said last week, they would be the most interesting to lose because they are the tribe that is the most split up and would be, you know, therefore be the most interesting dynamic to see play out. Well, and like, not only that, they are, they're the group that will ensure that every part of a trailer, like one part of every tribe has been to tribal because like Lulu lost until they did the swap and then Reba lost. So this is the first opportunity for anybody from original Bellow to go to tribal. Yeah. Um, and then the sort of the outcome of this has the most like lasting effects on the game almost most because those push down. Kinda. Yeah, exactly. So that's, it's the one, as you said, it's the most interesting to see play out because it's really Emily in the middle. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna be heading to tribal but before they do we find out that there is going to be a journey so let's talk about that next so first things first with the journey is that reba wins who won the challenge gets to pick everyone that goes and they uh i don't know that d believes that she lost rock paper scissors but she loses rock paper scissors or maybe she thought it was best two out of three J Maya's like, not nah, I, I won. Uh, I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> um, J Maya is going for them, but then they get to pick from the other tribe. And my question for you, Tony, is they they pick Austin from uh I, I think picking Kelly was like made sense and you know wasn't a big very yeah. like for the, for the reason, person who the sat out, like said that's a sense, that's yeah. a, a nice reason to give to why we're sending her. But the interesting decision they get to make is the tribe that lost is the most interesting to pick, but mm-hmm. then also because they have two people who are their allies and they pick one of them, Austin to go. So if you're them, do you agree that you should send your ally in that situation on the journey? Or do you think they should have sent someone else to give their two allies, Drew and Austin, the most chance to like work their magic on the beach? What's 
from their perspective, wanting to, I assume, and they make it pretty clear, like we want Drew and Austin to be safe yeah. still, obviously. Which way do you think is actually the better decision for them to go? So for starters, I don't think telling everybody there that the reason you're picking Austin is because he's from your original tribe. And then you're hoping to get information from him about the beach that he's currently on before he goes back to tribal council with these people. Slight target on his back there. Um, I would be so upset. That was like, yeah. And he was just like, whatever. And trying to downplay it as much as he possibly could, because there's no way to downplay that. Um, My favorite was Emily being like absolutely certain that she was the one that was going to be picked. She was just like there completely annoyed knowing that she was going to be the one picked. And then they said Austin and she was as confused as anyone else. Um, But yeah, totally agree. What makes the absolute most sense. You have to look at that and see two, one, the one is the one that's going to make the difference because if we're Reba strong, we have to assume that they're Bello strong, which means we need that swing vote in order to get all of our tribe members back. So you send, basically you send the person who you think is the best communicator because they're going to be taken out of the equation. They're going to be with you. So you can kind of keep an eye on them, but also it means that the person who can, who like isn't as great at communicating is going to be the one that's trying to make that pull for the middle person yeah they certainly shouldn't have thrown austin under the bus which is exactly what they do by Hard. saying like we want info from him that is just absurd i can't believe yeah. they can't believe they Shocking. did that so they shouldn't have done that but i yeah i think they should have sent kendra because and it's yeah. a tough in the moment to read the situation but as you said it's two two and one you should take throw one of the other two the opposing two on the journey to get that the lone one emily as much time with drew and Austin to convert as possible. And then if you're going to go to the next level of it, maybe they're like, it looks seat would seem like drew and Austin would have a better chance at ingratiating with Brando over Kendra. And so leave those four on a beach. And then the final level of it would be if they then also were like send Kendra and J Maya, if there's any way you can help avoid Kendra getting an advantage, do whatever do that is, you know, like yeah. squander it. Um, which ultimately would have been something that could have played out, although it wouldn't have mattered because Jay Maya, as we see, is really into the, getting the award. So they go to the, the journey and they've got to hike up a mountain, which I think is really cruel. Um, it seems way too freaking difficult to have to do. They needed a rope. There was a rope there. So if you need a rope to make this hike, it is too much to do with very little food after a challenge. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, it's cruel. Are the, are you allowed to say no on a journey? Are you allowed to be like, I don't want whatever's at the end of this. I'm just going to nah, sit I don't on the beach. care. I'm staying the boat. Yeah. I'm guessing you're not allowed to Probably do that, um, but I would have definitely asked if I was one of those three, like, I don't want what's ever at the top of this. Yeah. I'll take, if there's a, a, a disadvantage at the top of this, just give it to me here. Whatever. That's fine. <laughs> just, I'm just going to wait for the boat to come back, please. And thank you. Cause they, it's not like they got helicoptered out of there. I'm guessing they had to then walk back all the way down to the water yeah. to get to the boat. So that sucks. Um, but they get to the top of the mountain and they get to pick between food or an advantage, which I think is just brilliant and wonderful. And this should be on the table 
more often. I, I look forward to them hopefully running this scenario back a few times because I think it's devastating and amazing yeah. to watch. Austin wants the food because he's the only smart one of these three, I guess, as it turns <laughs> out, because obviously now you know where I stand. I'm eating that food all day long. Or there's an amulet, which we've seen on a recent season, last season or the season before. Um, but yeah. that is the type where everyone gets one. You have to either, if everyone's in the game, you use them together and they get an extra vote between the three of them. If they're on a tribe together at some point, which we, I, they also, I don't know if they would read into it, but this kind of sig- should signal to them. Like the merge is really soon. Um, if yeah, we're going to quite as soon as it was, but like, yeah. yeah, but I would assume if, if I'm one of them, I'm like, well, this, they're not going to ha- let us have this and be like, and it's going to be another yeah. four tribal councils until you even have a shot at this. But if they keep it, one of them goes home, it turns into steel effort, a steal of vote. And then if there's only one person left with an amulet, it is a full blown idol. And so Austin wants it, uh, the food, the other two, J Maya really wants the amulet. Kelly is torn and is basically like, I'm not going to freaking make this decision. Austin, I would say correctly reads the situation yes. and, and realizes Kelly kind of wants the amulet too, but doesn't want to say it. And it's going to look bad if I'm the guy who's just like arguing. So he kind of comes around and hymns and haws, but then like turns into like, yeah, we should do the amulet. Which one do you want? And do you think did anyone make good and or bad decisions or strategy here? I think that, well, first off, I agree with Austin, like on all levels of this, like, the food is what you want in a situation like this because you're either tethering yourself to these other people, but also if those people have an alliance, they're going to tell their alliance what they got, which is then going to paint a bigger target on you because the fewer of them that are in, the bigger the reward. If I think to me, the only situation that makes sense to take the amulet because it takes so long to actually be an idol is if you perceive the other two people to be on the absolute bottom of their tribe and you anticipate it being like a couple of votes before you merge, because if they're gone before you even hit the beach together, then you've just got an idol. Like if you're standing there at the challenge and the people who walk in on that tribe are less the person that has the amulet that you have, then you automatically upgraded to a steal a vote at the merge without having to do anything. And then again, if the other person goes home too, then you've got an idol. So food, right call, because it's a level playing field. It gives the three of you a moment to bond and have like those interactions while being on a high of getting the sandwich that looked really good. And you also don't have to play the like the inner mechanics of that. And I think Austin had like a brilliant read on it and his confessional about yeah sure let's take the amulet that gives us the ability to vote for one person that none of us are going to agree on let's do that yeah yeah i just can't i just felt like it was obvious and austin made it obvious and was just like there's no danger in this it's easy you don't have to lie to your the tribe when you get back it's like an no evidence you know yeah it's just like yeah we got to eat and that's you know you might feel a way about i got to eat and you didn't or whatever but like i also had to climb a mountain first so you know give and take there it's easy to explain away too because there have been there have been journeys 
where it's just been here's food like mm-hmm. no no advantage today except food well and enjoy i think it's it would be totally easy for them to like eat the sandwich and yeah. be like and we're i'm gonna tell my tribe that we had the option and that the one option was like dumb and that i didn't yeah. see the benefit of it and i was fucking hungry and so we ate the food yeah, I, I don't get why Jay Maya is so gung ho on it. I know she probably, you know, is still feeling a little um, not super secure in her yeah. tribe and everything. But the other thing from Austin that he doesn't bring up, but is probably thinking of is, you know, Kelly might be sitting there like these two people from Reba that, yeah. you know, might work together. But Austin, his head is like, Jay Maya wasn't a part of my alliance on the old tribe. So, like, if this was your Julie, then I would probably be all for it. Cause I would yeah. be like, I'm already locked in with one of these other people. That's not that challenging then to get the third on board or to vote the third one out. And then like have a steal a vote that I feel confident the other person will actually be interested in using versus getting me out. So yeah, I'm taking the food every single time and they don't, they take the amulets and uh, they head back to the beach and really quickly. Cause we won't talk about them again. Otherwise, just to say Austin lies about um yeah. his or no, we will talk about them, right? Yeah, Austin's yeah, on because we'll uh, go to the beach. Austin's on Bello. Yeah, let's talk about Bello. So we'll rewind a little uh to do all of Bello here, who we had skipped before. So the couple things to note from their day 10 before the challenge. The main one was Kendra tried to eat a worm and it didn't yeah. go very well. Um I I understand the worms have protein worms are a form of sustenance. It's also, I'm guessing that worm is like 12 calories and maybe a quarter of a gram of protein there. Maybe, maybe. So if you could find a bunch of worms and you're like, I'm going to eat 30 worms today. Okay. One worm probably not worth your while unless you're just really interested in like doing some survivor stuff or whatever. Uh, Kendra does not succeed in eating the worm and it is quite funny. I had a good time watching yep. it. Uh, any, any thoughts on the the attempt at murdering a worm that not, <laughs> I don't know if the worm survived or not that but I doubt it. Could. I don't know. It, it was it only looked, in her mouth slash throat for a few seconds in water. I'm sure it's fine. It's a worm. It looked mushy when it came out. It looked less more mushy than a word worm should look. Um, so I don't know if some chewing might've happened, which yeah. would be gross. Um, is it though? That's the only thing I thought of is do you chew or not chew the worm? Cause the chewing is the kind of gross, but like, do you want the worm alive? It's going to hit stomach, stomach acid. It's going to die quickly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going like, to squirming around a little bit. <laughs> nah, it's the whole, like, it's the whole, like, if you eat an apple seed, an apple tree is going to grow in your belly. I don't I don't think it's going to be around. Well, that long takes enough. a long time. A worm yeah. just wiggling a little bit. I'm like, if it takes you 30 <laughs> seconds to die in there, I just don't want to feel you wiggling. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I I think my my favorite part and what may have actually caused her to be like not not doing it was Brando's comment. He's just like, that's like 70 percent protein. and 30 percent poop. But he didn't say the poop until she had started to put it towards her mouth. And then she just like stared at him. It's like, I'm just joking. Yep, that uh, that will be my nominee for the quote of the episode coming up later. I also really loved <laughs> that joke. And yeah, so she fails. It's a whole thing. Uh, it's quite funny and entertaining. And then also funny, no, not as funny, but entertaining to me was Drew and Brando get some bonding time <laughs> over their deep, deep love of Pokemon 
which Pokemon's kind of having a moment on reality TV right Second, now because yeah. Kieran on the challenge earlier in the week or I the, guess same the same night, night at the yeah. same time. Yeah, like a third in the end. Yeah, those those confessionals may truly have aired within <laughs> minutes of each other, maybe seconds of each other. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Pokemon having a moment in the reality TV world. Uh got to be a little <laughs> stereotypical here. Made sense. Drew and Brando were super into Pokemon. Kieran was a little bit more of a like, oh, okay, yeah. okay, cool. And also, you're Australia or UK or wherever the hell you're from, because he's uh, now confused. He's Australian. He's he is, but he references the UK uh, in that episode, and I was very confused. Yeah. Um, that maybe his mom's from there or something. Anyways, we're talking about Survivor. Brando and Drew love Pokemon. They have a huge. I mean, uh, what has to have been a very long discussion because they do the little fast forward yeah. style montage and like they definitely laid there and talked about pokemon strategies across different games for like hours on end and emily was riveted she did seem very interested she was yeah. like i've never played pokemon but i'm about to be a master i'm just gonna <laughs> lock in all this information that you're giving me and now i'm just gonna be the best um it's definitely setting us up to think oh look at this new relationship new alliance brewing and yeah. immediately after the pokemon conversation Brando turns to Drew and to Emily and is like, you know, nerds never get very far in these games. Nerds are always like picked off and I'd be into a nerd alliance. Like I'd be all about working with you other nerds, which neither of them say anything, but like he does, he does start calling all of them nerds without either of them. It's, you know, it's tough to be the first person to throw a label on a group of people. Um, but Drew, my guy, Drew, yeah, always entertaining Drew comes through with the entertainment and is just like, nah, don't think so. Don't think I want to work with anyone from Bellow. Think I'm good. I uh, don't think the nerds should work together at all. It just completely shuts it down. Hard. Yeah. Like, like savagely. No, no wiggle room, no room for misinterpretation here. It is a no. full stop. No, thank you to Brando. Bellow's uh, numbers are a threat. Yeah. What are, how did you feel about this moment? I was, I was kind of shocked. I don't, I, yeah, this doesn't happen often and I wish I, it would happen more. It was shocking how like direct he was about it and just like, yeah, well, sorry to disappoint you. And just like followed it through by being ice cold about the situation. Um, I did find it interesting that he shot it down so hard, but then when they do their scramble later and then he's talking to Emily for their, like they do like a secondary back and forth. And he's like, yeah, of course I said, yes. Why would you say no to anything? You say yes first. And I was like, you didn't say yes. Like 20 minutes earlier in this episode, you said no very definitively. And, and he like, said, no, I guess it at either point, it's just as like shocking or interesting of a game move, but yeah. this is before the challenge and before before they're they know they're going to be going to tribal or whatever so that adds a different element too that's like especially in that realm i think you're you're yeah. you are saying yes to everything or at least some sort of soft yes i'm you know early in the season i praised jake for doing something that i thought everyone should do more of and no one ever does when he did the i forget who he was talking to talking about uh, kendra Brown. and did the like yeah like this is our first conversation. So I'm not like telling you we're like number ones, but like yeah. so far so good. And like, did the tepid, like, yes, but like, we're, you know, whatever, just kind of did like a half. Yes. Sort of. And thing. he did the but same with like, Caleb too. Like, initially. yeah, that I feel like never happens, but is the actual honest, like, 
well, yeah, I'm not like trying to vote yeah. for you right now, but like, I don't know. It doesn't, we're not actually locked in because one time we went to the water well together. This was just a whole nother version of just like, no, we don't even need to do the half-hearted yes, which like in his situation and definitely because they obviously end up losing and going to tribal would be really nice for the misdirect of having set up and said yes. And then just went to Emily immediately afterwards and said, Hey, I said, yes, but like, I'm not into that idea at all. I am obviously into working with you as we've been discussing, but like, it felt weird to say no in the moment. So like I said, yes. So yeah. Uh, bold strategy to say the bold strategy. I will also say, um, we are now at, I believe, uh, seven or eight mentions of Kendra being a Libra. And (laughs) we are also at a counter, a shocking counter of two for Emily being in a conversation about whether or not aliens exist. She, she does pull out her go-to to to like read or no, she was way more receptive. The the one that it was very weird the first time, because she was the one that was like, no. And also now I'm the outsider of the tribe. And yeah, now this time she's the one like, Hey, everyone had a great time on my tribe, except for me last time this came up. So I'll throw it out this time with this new tribe and see, see how it works. I wonder, I wonder what like Caleb and Sabaya and Sean and everyone else, if they're watching this is like, Emily, what the hell? What the hell, Emily? Texting Emily being like, you did not believe in aliens when we talked about it. What's the deal? Yeah. Did we convince you or are you lying? Because if I convinced you, I need to know. The funny thing is it was just as resounding of a yes this time as it was when it was like, so the aliens built the pyramids, right? And they're like, yeah, obviously. And then this (laughs) time it's like, so aliens exist. And they're like, yeah, clearly. Yeah. The um the the get together parties for this survivor group i think would that be a great time a lot of yeah. wonderful topics would be covered uh by the entire cast when they get together so bello then obviously loses we covered that and they come back to the beach sans austin for the time being they decide they i think it's brando who brando or emily kind of in unison throw out, do you guys want to do the chaotic scramble or would you like to do a professional organized version of this where we all have one-on-ones with everyone and they choose to have the professional organized scramble? Does that, I feel, I feel like that happens organically basically all of the time now. Um, But it was funny that they like put it forward, like, Hey, do you guys want to remove a little bit of the stress? We're all going to try to talk to each other. So what if we just actually made it like formal? It's just like rotated (laughs) speed dating as Brando references. I think very funny later of like, all right, does everyone need a break? Are we going to do the next round of speed dating? (laughs) Um, Do you like this style of scramble? And do you like that? We've got to a point in survivor where it's this like accepted that like, well, this is what you do when you lose a challenge is everyone just has one-on-ones. I think, I think it's good. Like, I mean, it, everybody knows that's what they're about to do so they might as well just do it and do it in a way that is truthful to the moment like obviously truthful to the moment in that they're going to lie to each other but at least they're going to say like yeah i'll go talk to this person and then we'll just cycle through it um thinking back to brando's like nerd alliance it was weird that it was one one and one and i think that's where it may have faltered is it wasn't like, hey, me and you are alike. Let's link up with Austin, who you're already working with, and we can get out X or Y. 
but instead it was like Emily and Brando and Drew. So we had to convince almost two people of the situation rather than just, I will go with you guys in your alliance. And then that's the potential to like take Emily out of the equation altogether by being the swing vote, um, which may have worked better for him. But as far as the actual conversations, it played out exactly as I thought it was going to. <laughs> like the story, because you're doing it so formally, the stories get back to everybody very quickly. Yeah. It, well, it only, it should have played out differently because Brando lies. And that's the only, he's the only one. I mean, they all, they all eventually lie to someone, but yeah. Brando is the only one that like, lies to the person he's trying to work with more or less right. of like yeah. lies about like who proposed what uh amongst people he's trying to work with and gets caught in that slowly but surely after emily does some very fine detective work and yeah always gonna speak her mind always gonna say what she's actually feeling because she you know to drew is like i don't believe you i need you to convince me, convince that, first, me. that first attempt didn't work. I don't believe you, uh, yeah. which was a, a funny moment. Drew uh, has referenced heart palpitations multiple times. Um, <laughs> this was the second or third one of those. And I think he had another one at tribal council as he literally yes. grabbed his chest when the first vote was read. Um, but it basically comes down to Drew or Brando. Emily kind of need to pick a side. I think you're spot on that. What Brando initially does here in like going to Drew and just saying, I want to be on team Reba and like, we can get Kendra out. That should have been the initial instead yeah. of the nerd Alliance, because it should be, Hey, Drew, you're clearly super tight with Austin. It was the fact that he left out Drew's main ally. It was that why Drew had no interest the first right. time around. And if he went to it as I'm like, you would, I'm just trying to be a part of the thing you already have and feel comfortable in that would work. Maybe have worked much better. Um, I I think it was very nice of Drew not to take Brando's shot in the dark because he could have just taken yeah, that. I don't know just if it, taken it. can you you do you get to use it if someone gives you that the way you can if someone gives you an advantage or an idol? No one's ever given it that freely before, so I'm not a hundred percent sure the mechanics of it. I assume well, it's, it's like anything time else. This it's, season because Emily it's did his. It. Well, they she gave it to her as like a show of trust. Yeah, and the, but then she gave it back after she gave it back. A, yeah another show um, of trust because emily was like oh i can't believe she gave it back right away right which at that point made me think like could she have kept it could she have used like i figured two like, of those you know your odds are still the same when you play it but like could you play it twice or whatever or can know. you play it twice at a tribal and then you have to get out a two different shots. bag um yeah. yeah like it depends um i don't know i don't know i'm sure that they have a rule for it somewhere because survivor has like a big old book of rules where there's eventualities for everything um, to the point where one of the, I think one of the live finales, Jeff actually brought out like a chalkboard and explained because there's a really complicated tribal that went down. I almost want to say that it was on game changers and he brought out a board and he's like, look, we actually have a contingency plan for this. This is how it works. But yeah, I think, I assume that it's like anything else. Like if you give it to somebody because, um, Austin played Drew's goodwill advantage. So I would assume that you can play somebody else's advantage if they up and like properly give it to you rather than you taking it from them. 
Yeah. I just wonder if it uh, is in its own category or not, but uh, maybe that's something that Jeff can answer for us one day on the official Survivor podcast. Yes. Unofficial podcast clearly has questions. Um, So yeah, they uh, drew, you know, is squirming a little bit because of his interactions with Emily. Brando is definitely squirming. The one thing I tried to bring up earlier and the last thing we could touch on here before we go to tribal is Austin comes back and lies and yes. I think he lies pretty poorly. No one reacts to it in the moment, but like it's too much of a story for me that they had to climb a mountain and then did a sweat challenge essentially. And they failed the sweat right. challenge. I, I don't know. I, I felt like I wouldn't believe him if I was sitting next to him in that moment, but no one at least that we know of yet is uh, feeling that way. Did you, did you agree with his lie in this moment and that he needed to lie? I, f- I agree that he sort of he needed a story as to why he didn't have anything. Um, it was smart to use. He basically used a mix of the sweat challenge from 44, where Brandon and Matt had to drag the um, coconuts. And then he also used an element of the season 41 where they had to carry a bunch of logs up and down. Um, So it was like a variation of, and he had just enough mixture that I think it made sense. It was overly complicated, but I think that it was survivory enough that he would be able to play it off as being like, this is what happened only if people don't think too much into it. And really the only person that he has to worry about all goes well is going to be Kendra because Brando's going to go home. He ultimately shows it to Emily, which was like brilliant to for Drew to have the foresight when Austin shares with him to say, look, Emily doesn't really trust me right now because she thinks that I may have said what Brando actually said in voting out Kendra. So we need to solidify her now or we lose her as an ally. And that's what prompted Austin to show Emily and be like, look, 100% honest. He keeps using percentages too about how honest he is. This time he he was was 90% honest about this story. And I'm like, I I don't think it was 90. I think your percentage is slightly lower actually in actuality, but yeah. You went on a journey and you climbed up a hill. That's where it stops. Yeah, 50 at best. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) um, Yeah, I think you either tell the truth or if you're gonna lie, I honestly think you lie and say you ate the food tell knowing that you're going to immediately go tell Drew and Emily the truth. And that once you vote out and have figured out from them who they're voting out of Kendra or or, uh, Brando immediately after the vote, you like know in your head, I'm then going to tell the truth to the person left. So the lie is only going to be very short term because again, this is, it would be hard to know if I would feel this way if we don't know that the merge is happening in the next episode and have that hindsight. But yeah, again, I would have thought that one of them would have realized if they're giving us these amulets, the merge is like re- happening any day now. And that in that context, you don't want to go into the merge with and immediately have these people that you just lied to find out that you just lied to them. It will only be the one person again, but it still, still isn't great. So no. And it's easy to say too. Once you vote somebody out and you come back with the other person, you can be like, look, all cards on the table. Wasn't 100% sure on this person. They were saying your name. We wanted to make sure that we got them out. By the way, 
That's why I didn't tell them about the actual advantage. This is what I got. Yeah, it's yeah, that's how again, but hindsight uh, definitely comes into it. It's always easier for us watching it to say what would have been easier to do. So we head to tribal council. Tribal was the first more boring tribal of the season, or at least the kind of de facto first two thirds of it, where it's just a bunch of kind of non-answer questions. I thought the only interesting part was that Emily doesn't give a fuck about voting for people. She's the, they, they do drew and, and, uh, drew and maybe Brando talk about like, you know, you make the drew gives the big speech of like, I didn't, he basically Kendra doesn't like get weird about it, but like, he says like, I, you make friends with someone and he's telling the story of them becoming friends. And he's like, and then you have to like betray them. And the way he says it, if I'm Kendra, I'm like, wait a minute, are you about to vote for me? And like, she doesn't yeah. see that at all. Um, but Emily's response to that of like, Jeff, I would like to say something. Um, it's actually pretty easy just to vote for the person. Like, I don't care if we're <laughs> friends. <laughs> and I'm just like, God, she just continues to be the best. <laughs> she sat in the same spot tribal too, eh? Yeah, the middle. Well, it's the best. You want to sit in the middle. The middle back is the best spot to sit because you can see everyone. Yeah. Um, she's in the middle front, I believe. Yes, uh, she is. in this alignment. But uh, yeah, she definitely wants to be wants to wants to not be on the end. You don't want to be on the front front row on either end is definitely the worst place to be and the hardest to keep up with what possibly could be happening around you. I always do. They have assigned seats when they walk in. Is there? I believe they sort of, yeah, they sort of put them in some semblance of an order. I think, I think it was Elaine on season 39 that she talked about how it absolutely sucked being in the front row because in the back row, you can like whisper to one another while things are going on. You can still have those conversations and effectively still play the game while questions are being asked and answered. But in the front row, you try and do anything and everybody behind you can see it. So because traditionally, it's sort of height-based too, right? So because predominantly women are shorter than the men, the men, the women tend to be in the front, the men tend to be in the back. So the men are still able to play the game, whereas the women are no longer able to, uh, based on like, basically you can yeah. see everything that happens, um, which was something I never really thought of until she mentioned it and now it's all i can think of when i see things go down because in the like you'll see people whispering in the back and like people in the front can't do that yeah or just like the it doesn't happen super often but like you can like tap the person next to you like reach out or like do stuff with your hands that you just can't do that in the front row and in the back you could you you know if you're the back two right people you could communicate with each other through kind of like little nods or hand signals with no one picking up on it except for jeff if he wants to call Call it out. out Um, so yeah, Emily doesn't give a fuck, which is great. And I love it. And, um, there's not much interesting said we had to the vote and the big question is going to be, is Austin going to use, how is he going to use if at all, any of his advantages, he chooses to extend his idol, meaning give up his vote to extend his idol to, I forget what the next phase is just because this is the first time everyone is on the same beach. Oh yeah. So he is going to get, this is going to backfire potentially on him, not actually extend it that long unless he yeah. again, does it again, but then uses the goodwill advantage on top of it. I might, I think I might be in the minority on this one and maybe we disagree. I don't, I would have rather him used his idol 
or not used any given up his vote and just not voted than use the goodwill. I think the goodwill advantage is it's most powerful to like have on you in case you come across a journey or beware in the future where like it gives you the freedom to take the risk that everyone out like that takes the risk out of what might come in the future versus the current moment. It's probably the smart, the safest smart play for him to just like, I'm going to extend an idol and I still have an idol and you know, whatnot. And I actually used the thing and got some small advantage out of it. And it obviously, you know, the vote would have tied without him doing this. So uh, in hindsight, it, it effectively worked to get the person out they wanted to, but I, I was hoping and kind of thought if I was him, I probably would have, I probably would have maybe just used the idol. Although I bet drew would have been pissed if he just used the idol, wasted the idol like that. Um, or maybe use the idol on drew maybe possibly. Yeah. Um, but that, I guess now I'm second guessing myself. Cause if he does that, that like gives away shows, the reliance, even though it's already known. And it I don't know. shows that you don't trust Emily. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, I think I, uh, I've talked this out and, and I am wrong. Uh, so Perfect. he's right. Because I was I was going to go against you on it. So now I don't have to. <laughs> well, yeah, you you put the final nail in there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah he's correct. Um, and they vote out Brando. And do we think Emily chose the right side in the end? Because it really did ultimately, as it kind of always was set up to do, it came down to Emily, which side yep. did she want to go with? And she ultimately decided she believed Drew and trusted Drew and Austin and wanted to be with them. Do you think she chose the right side? I think she did, but I think that she gets bonus points for figuring out in-game. As an outsider, it makes super sense because you've got a tight four in the Reba four that you Have are they now... filled her in on that? I think they've said that. D like that they were close with D and Julie. I think they I did think, write that. First I think when time. they were trying to like win her over initially. Yeah. Um so I mean that's five. And the only thing that's kind of wonky is and like obviously Bello, we know Bello is like sort of fractured in that they're not really all working together. And especially now, like because I guess Jake and yeah, everyone's sort of a free agent now in Bello. There's not really any strong connections other than like Kelly and Katura. Like everybody, like Kendra and Brando talked the least, and they had to be in an alliance, and that didn't work. And the four that are there are sort of all working independently with Caleb. Um, so I guess what's going to be interesting is when they hit the merge. It's pretty much the Reba four and Emily, and then. Caleb's relationships on Bello and then it becomes a matter of are Emily and Caleb able to come together again and be the swing vote between the two factions or is it going to be the Reba 4, the Lulu 2 and like a Jake or a Katura or a Kelly or however that works because I anticipate Kendra and Bruce and Jemaya and Sifu becoming catches quite quickly of the merge whereas the rest of them i see them having enough connections to stay in it and to sort of have like a mutually assured destruction sort of thing going on where those are the four that can be taken out without impacting the core alliances within Mm -hmm. uh i think i mostly agree with that 
I'm I'm fascinated to find out if Kendra and Sifu really like each other or really hate each other. That's one of the uh, things I'm most looking forward to with the merge. We'll come back to that topic uh, at the end here. But the I if I would were to predict any alliance stuff, I think I think Caleb and Emily and Kelly that three those three together. If Caleb is like these are the two people I've actually really want to be working with, and I think Emily will attempt a like like has lo- strong loyalty to Caleb and will attempt to be like do you want to join this new thing I've kind of joined or do you not and he'll be like you know I've kind of got Kelly and Kelly like you said the Bellow tribe like isn't really none of them are working together at this point like Katura and Kelly maybe but like I think Kelly referenced earlier like she wasn't even she's like in the girls thing on that was on in the girls alliance on their tribe but also was just like it was one of those I'm saying yes to everything situations so I could see a situation where for an episode or two, Caleb, Emily, Kelly becomes like the power trio and becomes then the big target, but is like the focal point of the the, the first half of the merge. And it's whether yeah. they can, people can get them out or they can, you know, build such a strong, a bigger group to make a long run. Uh, I hope that's true because those are my three favorites. And I would be thrilled if those three took over the entire game and were here for the long haul, but he who is not is Brando. And uh, it sucks. He, he's one of the people we didn't get to really like know almost at all because yeah. of the situation of it always being Lulu. And so I came into the season thinking I was going to really like him. I liked him from everything we saw, but he definitely did not receive, uh, you know, a ton of screen time because of the situation that uh, he found himself in of going home the first time he ever went to a tribal, but that being yeah. in the fifth episode, any closing thoughts on Brando? I liked him. Um, same with you. I wish I would have got to see him a bit more. What I saw of him, I liked what I read about him preseason. I also liked, um, he seemed to have a good handle on the game. It was just a matter of when, by the time that he got to tribal, he wasn't with the Alliance that he had built on Bello because if Bello would have gone I don't think that he would have been in any trouble because he and Kelly were in the middle yeah and if he would have made the merge my I would say that Kelly would be more likely to link back up with Brando than to link back up with Kendra for example so I think that that's where it really it really hurt him um in this day and age I don't really know if we can say I'd like to see them play again because I'm so used to saying it on the challenge where it's more likely that they'll come back. Um, if he comes back, I'd be stoked. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. Let's hand out some awards. Starting with best quote or line of the episode, I believe we have both revealed our uh, number one pick, mine being the 70% protein, pause, 30% poop from Brando. <laughs> what was yours? was from Caleb, correct? Yeah. It's, if, again? if you can't bend your knee to your enemies, it doesn't matter what you do. They'll see you coming a mile away. So one strategy, one funny. Love it. Those are both deserving, deserving winners and nominees. What about your favorite moment of the episode? <laughs> I simply wrote, Bruce does a thing. We get a Keturah confessional. love it love it uh very deserving i'm going with the opening fire scene because again i just thought uh (laughs) the the uh like filmmaking kind of nerd in me was just like this was so unbelievably 
the moment would have been good no matter what, but the way they were able to shoot it and edit it just made it I mean, awesome. It was so, so well done. So that was my top one. Um, best gameplay for you of the week. Who made the best strategic move and or gameplay? Um, I'm going to go with Austin for not pushing hard for the food as well as Austin for understanding that what's going to seal the deal with Emily is actually telling her what the advantage is. Okay. I like that. I'm, I'm with you on the Austin, the, it was extremely smart in the moment to come around on the food thing and realize that like Kelly was kind of giving him the room to like, do you want to argue against us? Or do you want to like, realize I'm about to say that we're doing the other thing. Uh, So that was very good for him. I would say the best gameplay to me was I had, I had kind of forgotten that Caleb still had the one like little bit of info he could share. Yeah, me too. He ultimately, it was good of him to, slow play and like slow feed the info he has to all of these new people. And I, you know, personally, not just because she's my winner's pick. Um, but I do think as far as his read of who I should, you know, kind of choose out of all of these people to, he gave it a day or two and has decided this is the person I feel the best about like fully confiding in and trying to make a true alliance with. And I think he chose the best that he could have. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to give it to him for how he handled his info and for the selection of Kelly as his top uh, alliance mate. Totally valid. What about the opposite then the worst gameplay of the episode? So despite the fact that it ended up working out fine for him, drew completely shooting down Brando as like savagely as he did, and just like no wiggle room, no, like you will, it's basically saying, I will never work with you. It doesn't matter if we make the merge, I'm not working with you. Instead of just like, even if he thought that he was eventually going to vote Brando out if they lost, like just say, yeah, sure. That's something to consider and then move on. And the other one is just Katura getting caught with her idol search although she did do very nicely and i only noticed on the second watch where caleb yells katura and as she turns around she drops the stick so she dropped it in line with her leg and it was only because i saw her release her hand that i noticed that she had so props for the slick move but also like she got caught yeah i just papaya uh I did, if you get caught looking for an idol, I don't see why it's just be like, yeah, I was looking. Yeah. I, you get, I came back to the camp and you guys were all gone. So like, yeah, I looked. Like, so I thought you were. I thought you were looking. So I started. Yeah, looking. and or just like, wouldn't you guys have all looked too? You were left alone. Like I didn't sneak off on my own. I was left alone, and so yeah. you know whatever. I didn't find anything uh, because it is the trying to play it off is the what makes them all think she found something versus yeah. I think if you just were like, Oh damn it. Like this is embarrassing. <laughs> uh, but yes, I was looking, I did not find anything. Here's yep. my stick. <laughs> Here's my stick. Um, just, Here are my empty pockets. You know, pro tip, use a stick. Cobwebs are in all the holes that you were going to want to look at. If you're looking for an idol. Um, yeah. I, I'm Austin live was bad. Again, I just, I felt like I wouldn't believe that at all. Um, his delivery of it but I would probably give it because it ended up, you know, more or less costing him. It might've happened this way anyways, but Brando's mishandling 
his communication with Emily and lying about who proposed what to Drew because right. it didn't make any sense why he wouldn't just say to Emily the same thing he says to Drew of, hey, it seems like you're leaning towards their side. I get it. I kind of want to work with them too. And I'm feeling like it's me or Kendra and I'm okay with it being Kendra if you guys will have me and like why he can't tell her the same thing suppose, versus yeah. having to like tell her, well, Drew wants Kendra, not me. It just, yeah, that didn't, that didn't make sense. So uh, Brando, unfortunately uh, gets my award for worst gameplay on the, the one he goes out. Who is your MVP of the episode? Can we keep the streak going? We started so far apart the first two weeks on you no. going game heavy, me going entertainment heavy. We found common ground for two weeks in a row now. Well, do we have a third? I don't know, man. I have to. This my one was hard. Drew gets a nomination for certain. He's on my ballot somewhere because uh, he was very entertaining and very prevalent. And Emily definitely gets a nomination as always, pretty much. Uh, yeah. I Kelly was fairly involved all the way through on both strategy and entertainment side of things. And then, I mean, Brando's super involved, obviously as the person who goes home always is pretty super involved. Um, those would probably be the people I'm thinking at least and as nominees. Actually. Yeah. Sorry. I did write it down. I was like, I didn't write it down, but I did. I picked Kelly as the MVP because she had so many irons in the fire, like in every element. And it felt like this was the episode where we got almost the Kelly edit, where it was like she was helping out at camp with Jake. And then she was able to have like those relationships. And then she had the conversation with Caleb where she gains the information. And then she has like the slight downturn where she got, it looks like she got forced to sit out because, which was kind of weird. And I would love to know what happened there. But then she got to go on the journey as a result. She made it so that she didn't have to break the tie. And like she did everything right. And yeah. she had many opportunities to, to like falter, but she didn't. I agree that this did feel like if Kelly were to go on to win or even make final three, this would be the episode to look back of like, yeah where they let us know Kelly was an incredibly strong player in this game. And we got a full, full version and view of her. Um, she's, she's in second for me. So we do not keep the streak going. We'll get back here. Emily's the MVP again. <laughs> she's so entertaining. It's unbelievable. It was the she only was my thing. Second. I, it was the only thing entertaining to me about tribal council other than, you know, just finding out the vote, but like was her being like, I don't care about voting people out. Like, come on people, like get with the program. We're playing survivor. And I thought she, you know, was the swing vote and everyone talking to her, her, the way she cornered drew. And she had a couple other little things again, through that, the alien thing with like yep. random thing that comes up and just, uh, yeah, I liked I liked everything she was bringing to the table again, but a much more even distribution this this episode where I do yes. feel like there's three, four people that were kind of like the stars and they're maybe slowly shifting towards um, like Drew. This is like the third episode or in a row or so that like Drew is very prevalent in a lot of stuff. So I'm feeling like he's getting a lot of screen time. And then Caleb obviously remains um, getting a lot of screen time as well. So Kelly and Emily, Emily take home an MVP and we head to see where those MVPs fall on our power rankings. 
So my power rankings changed a little bit here. I'm interested to find out if yours changed at all. Neither of us had Brando on them, if I remember correctly, from last week. So we didn't lose anyone. So good on us for being smart because we had had a couple weeks in a row where one of us lost someone out of our top five. And my winner Uh, pick. Yes, and your winner pick. I was trying not to mention that, but that that did happen quite early on. Mine's looking good as ever. You go, <laughs> Kelly. Um, who who do you got in your top five right now? So I have a top six. Okay. Because I can I'll take it. Um, Caleb, Kelly, D, Emily, Austin, and then Jake has just sort of like risen just under the surface there. Okay. Okay. I like it, and I think. Say that again one more time, because I think we're one off as always. <laughs> Caleb, Kelly, D, Emily, Austin, and then Jake. Okay, we, if we count, I have uh, four of the same as you. If we count your full six, so we're kind of still in the similar. We'll, boat. we'll, yeah. Jake can be for next week if he makes it up there, so that we yeah. can maintain our stride, and so I can follow the rules set out of pick five. I have two new entrants into my top five and then my top, the top of my list did rotate a little bit. I'm convinced Emily's going to win and she's number one on my power rankings. Now I think she's going to win. <laughs> if she gets to tribal, like if she gets to final tribal, it's, I want to say it's like game set match. Yeah. Who the hell's going to argue against this woman? She's just going to rip anyone she's up against the, to shreds. Even if they could put Jake and Katura and Katura would be like, by the way, everyone, I'll tell you now I'm a lawyer. And Emily would be like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I go home. I, I got lawyers this. on both sides. I will still out argue the hell out of both of you right now. Uh, so I have Emily number one. I have Kelly and Caleb number two and three. And again, I do envision th- that three becoming yeah. a trio and becoming the dominant trio of the season. And then I, my two new entrants though, I have Julie and Jake because I think Julie now I'm a little nervous about D who I've continually had at yeah. or near, near or at the top of my power rankings that of that group of the, the Reba folks drew Austin D and Julie and J Maya and Sifu respectfully. Uh, I'm kind of feeling the best about Julie right now out of all of them. So I'm moving her up. And then I also too, am feeling good about where Jake stands of yeah. he's the one in the bellow that every no, you know, as we've said, none of them are totally working together, but everyone likes him seemingly. And he has positive relationships with everyone. And I think we'll be really good at continuing to make them in a merge that we're going to get next week. So I've got Emily, Kelly, Caleb, Julie, and Jake and uh, feel really good about that top three becoming the, uh, that's my biggest prediction for the rest of the season is that trio of Emily, Caleb and Kelly are going to be the, the faces of this season and whether they, you know, both all three go out over the next three, four weeks, because they're too powerful right away in the merge or not. I think that's, they're going to be the, you know, the Ricard and Shan type of situation of this season where it's like, those are the three players are like, one of them is going to definitely be the Jesse of this season. That is like, probably should have won, but we got to get him out finally here at the four or five or so yeah. and whatnot. Um, but speaking of predictions and or wishes, we'll end here. Uh, we see that it's a merge or we see them on the same beach and the word merge is used in the next week on. Do yes. you think we are going to get a true immediate merge this season? Or do you think we are going to get some sort of transition episode in two team 
one of you safe one and has made the merge is one of you's not type of challenge situation where we've had, I think three, uh, three times in of yeah. the four modern seasons, all but one of them. Right. Yeah. Um, they've cleaned it up a bit where they don't say that you've won immunity and then take it away. Cause that didn't go over well. Yeah. 41. People don't like that. Um, rightfully so. If you win something and then it is taken away from you, you did not win it. Um, Savagery is fun, you know. Yeah, <laughs> um, I I don't think that it will be a straight up merge. I don't know whether it's necessarily going to be like half or f- safe, half or not. I almost want to say it's going to be like the season where they put everybody on the same beach, never said merge, and then Sheehan was like going around making alliances with the new people because she hated her old tribe. And then they got to the challenge and then Jeff was like, I didn't say merge. We're still, you're still on different tribes. And I was like, oh shit. Um, So I can see that playing out. And the reason that I have that vibe is because all of the beware idols say when everyone is on the same beach, they don't say when the tribes have merged. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's intentional. Yep. That definitely, they, they think this stuff too, as you referenced earlier, they have the massive binder with all the rules and all the contingencies and everything. And Jeff's yeah. always got it playing in his head. That's a very good pickup by you that like all of those advantages say on the same beach, we should take that as that it will at least be some sort of one round transition of some kind. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely don't want what happened last season to happen again with the, you know, Matt ends up going home because of the, that was after the merge, but again, like of the reshuffling into like, now you're in three little groups again and this, that, and the other. You didn't forget your backpack. Yeah. Just like, I don't, I don't want any of that. I'm, I'm okay with your maybe two teams and, and one of you wins and makes the merge and the other half you're up for it. And so we have one vote that isn't all 13 of you. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Um, and I think that's, you know, kind of interesting and can become like a staple thing of like, there's a kind of one round transitional period here. Um, because is 13 a lot to go to a merge it's, with? Yeah, it's is, a there a spe- is that a, their specific number they typically go to? It's usually like 12 or 10 or something like yeah. that. Like it's usually an even split. Cause uh, they reference 13. I only remember 13 or left because they say it in the next week on as someone says like 13 yeah. people on a beach together is like kind of chaotic and crazy. Yeah, so understandable. Okay. But yeah, yeah, that's that's my think. My that's my think. That's what I'm thinking. Is that yeah, it's, it's not think. a true. That was the think that yeah, you it's had. My think. Yeah, that was the think. That's the think I got. What do you? Who do you think the merge helps the most, and who do you think the merge hurts the most? I think that Emily and Caleb become hot commodities when they hit the merge because they don't necessarily have set alliances. They are still sort of free agents, uh, even though they've had conversations with a bunch of other people. This is where the two groups have to fight to get them because Bello is now down a member. Reba still has their full tribe. So this is their opportunity to like solidify grabbing those two people. Because even if like Bello takes in Caleb, and then Reba takes in Emily, they still have more and they can just pick them off. So they need both of those people. Um, I think I think that the merge is gonna hurt people. Like I'm actually more worried about Julie than you are because I, f- I feel the survivor like, 
to take to take the power away from somebody you take out their closest ally situation whereas they might think that d has something so instead they're just going to take out julie um but we'll see see how that plays out i mean we're noticing who are like on the bottom of the tribes like your bruce or kendra or your like jamaya or sifu but in game i don't know that that's as as strongly perceived so it'll be interesting to see like once everybody hits the beach how the dynamics shift and whether your jamayas and your sifus are gonna stick with reba because sifu knows that somebody lied to him he doesn't know who so that puts distrust in three people he wasn't working with drew and austin anyway so yeah, he's, he's kind yeah like he's either he's either gone because he's voted out oh no yeah he's because, like a free agent like he's not working yeah. with anyone from reba no chance. or yeah like he has no reason to work with reba so that's another member like he leaves reba then that puts three in the middle mm -hmm. and even numbers on either side yeah he's 100 percent not a, a free agent that is unwilling to sign with his former team um and <laughs> i think it Caleb is the one that it could go either way with. It should help him, but it also could be the moment everyone realizes, wait, all of us love this guy. Like what's going on here. Um, so I think he's the one that's maybe the most interesting of like, it could go both ways. If I feel like it hurts Jay Maya, maybe the most of everyone, because yes, yeah. the bot, the folks that are kind of on the bottom could become the swing boats right away. But oftentimes it might take a vote or two until it starts to become target the best people or the biggest threats. And she was just, you know, has spent a few rounds now where like I actually got in with these other two women that originally yeah. unbeknownst to me, I was not in with. And now right as, you know, we have our plan boarded, I'm building extra trust. Cause I'm the one willing to lie about one of you lying and voting for Sifu, whatever. And like trying to get in right then, they get their other people back and they're probably going to be like, Nope, J Maya, like you're good. You can go lie for us if you want, but we yeah. don't, we don't need you. So I feel like it's going to hurt her for sure. And I think it's going to hurt. I think it's going to hurt Bruce because I think, yeah. I think we've been set up to assume that Katura Bruce is going to be this season's Gabler and her name, Ellie. Ellie. Uh, and like, someone's going to have to throw someone under a bus and Katura seems like she's going to be ready and willing the first yeah. moment she gets to pull like five people in a group and be like, so Bruce is exhausting and sucks to live on a beach with. I just want to let you know that you're going to hate him and we should just vote him out before you all have to go through what I've been going through for the last 10 days. <laughs> um, so I think uh, Bruce is in and I think Katura is likable enough and everyone else will be able to back her up now of like, no, this isn't some like petty squabble. She's spot on. Huh? She was maybe first, but like, yeah, it's kind of annoying. Um, so I think it hurts Bruce for sure. That is my, yeah, my best guess. Yeah, totally. And he's a stronger, per, he's perceived to be a stronger guy. So he's going to potentially be trouble when you get two individual immunities as well, which is what you're also starting to look at. And if you can find somebody who's at the bottom of their tribe, have people that are on their tribe that are willing to vote them out, and going to be strong in challenges then he's like the ideal merge boot yeah first um, couple boots where you're trying to build yeah. a little chemistry and trust with a bigger alliance before you start 
looking inward or looking at the biggest, biggest threats. And yeah, but eventually, obviously it's going to happen at some point, maybe it won't be the first one. And especially if they don't do individual challenges yet, but if Caleb continues, I mean, the, if you're, if anyone's ever been worried about someone making, having a run of individual immunity wins, like Caleb has performed the best at every single challenge thus far. I think we can unequivocally say, even though it's kind of hard to stand out and like clearly been the one that performed the best in the different random things they've been doing, but in the losing tribe. Yeah. It's like, yes, he got to play basketball a couple of times and he's clearly plays basketball, but like, he also like goes through the obstacle course, the fastest he shoots the, the things, the fastest he's like, hasn't done the puzzle, but has seemed to provide good coaching and calm and everything with puzzles and stuff. Like he just, he seems like he's going to be really damn good and really hard to beat. We haven't seen him balance yet, which is true. Much balance and endurance are the most often seen once we get to the individual side of things. So maybe, maybe there's a weakness there or just an averageness there from him of that. Uh, Cause there is a, a bit less obstacle course style stuff and, you know, random athletic type of things for him to do, but uh, he will eventually be the threat. Final question for you then, Tony, who goes home next week? We haven't actually been making these big, bold predictions yet. So we'll, we'll try one here. If you had to guess out of the 13 that are left and are going to join together on a beach next week, who do you think goes home next? Well, I'm rocking my Lulu buff. So I'm definitely not saying Caleb or Emily. Um, And this is just so everyone is aware, despite the fact that Lulu went to tribal every single time, I bought this before they did the tribe swap. It just didn't arrive until after the tribe swap happened. Um, but this is original. Yeah, you're, Lulu. you're a Lulu, not a Nulu. Yeah, exactly. Well, I do love people on Nulu, and a lot of my favorite players actually ended up on that team. Mm-hmm. I am still original Lulu uh, represent. I think Bruce is going. I think that Bruce is going to catch enough heat. He's the returning player. Emily threw enough on that fire in the very oh, first we episode. we are finally going to get that interaction. Yes, yeah. I forgot. It's so between Emily, Katura, and not only that, but Caleb is close with both of them, so he can bridge that gap. If they're just trying to come to consensus on a number and it's already going to be Bellow, it very easily could be Bruce if they can't figure out how to get the upper hand on the numbers. Yeah, all the all three girls are going to be in for Bruce. Uh, Kelly, who is Bruce's number one still to hit to Bruce's mind and not to Kelly's is going to be even Jake has said in the past, I believe he said in that conversation that I've referenced a couple times now where I liked how he slow played it, but said like, I'm kind of working with Bruce or have a good relationship, but like I would be open to voting for him. I'm not like locked in with him yet. So uh, good pick. I'm going to go. I think Jay Maya is going to go home next, uh, which is why I kind of said she was the one I think is hurt the most is could end up on the bottom, but you do have me a little bit convinced that it would be a bellow before it's a Reba, but it ultimately comes down to, we do get a glimpse of a, a course for the next challenge that did look to team set up, uh, to it. So I'm guessing it is two teams somehow, some way, and that maybe that means half are up. So a lot of it also rides on who, what half is up and is everyone voting and you know, how many people of the half that are up are from whatever tribe. So a lot to look forward to 
thank you everyone for sticking with us for, I do, I think we have reversed course. We had been going down <laughs> in time every episode and I think we went back up in time. So, uh, you know, it's a long season. We've got a long ways to get to where we have one, one hour episode. That is There's the goal. a lot of stuff. And until then they will be two hour episodes. So, uh, so be it. It's a good season. There's lots to talk about and it's yep. too much fun to, uh, skip over anything. So, um, yeah, we covered what's coming up on either pod earlier at the beginning of the episode. So make sure to go follow, subscribe here, go follow, subscribe, challenge fandom links to everyone's Instagrams and whatnot are in the show notes. So follow that. And uh, we'll be back next week, as always, sometime between Thursday and Monday following the episode. Uh, we know not sure when it'll be on this one, but, uh, you know, it'll be sometime in in that time frame. Right, Tony? Absolutely. I think does was this one of the days that we hadn't done yet Sunday? Yeah, we've we've hit a Thursday. We've hit a Friday. We've hit a Saturday, Saturday. Sunday and Monday. We've hit all yeah, five days done all our five day window. Yes, we did it. All right, which day, take votes, everyone, which day will be the first to be used twice for recording? Who knows? Could be any of them. <laughs> uh, wild and crazy times here. All right, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week, and uh, we look forward to talking to you then.